Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Svelte Radio. Today, we're going to discuss what's happened in Svelte these last few weeks, maybe months. But first, some introductions. I'm Kevin. I run Svelte School. I'm heavily involved in the Svelte community. And yeah, that's me. Hey, everyone. I'm Sean. I work at AWS and I mostly should post on Twitter. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Anthony. I'm a maintainer of Svelte, and I am the CTO of Bionk. Nice. And uh, today we're joined by none other than... Uh, hi, I'm Karine, and uh, I work at Zenica in France, and I'm the co-organizer of uh, Svelte Society Day France. Awesome. Woo! Welcome, welcome. And you have a cool Discord name as well. K6. What is, yeah, what is K6? Oh, it's just because Karen is six letters and K6 is shorter. It's the I-18N <laughs> thing, right? It's Kubernetes. Yeah. Numeronym. There's a term for that, numeronym. Numeronym, I see. Oh, see. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> wow. For those who may not know, actually, so Kareen basically organized Swell Society Day. You run Swell Society France, and it was just like a beginning to end. I, I wasn't sure if like Svelte was ready for like a non-English conference, but you just did it, and then you got so many submissions. You even got rich to to say some French. <laughs> yeah, it was, so fun. <laughs> it was fun. A very memorable moment <laughs> that's been recorded. Oh right, you can see that online, right? Yeah, on the YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there is a French community. I think Schneider Electric, the, that guy was speaking in French. Then there was like the the newspaper. Like, was it Les Echoes? Yes, Les Echoes. Right. Yes. And they, they do lots of uh, infographics uh, papers. Uh, some of them are, are powered with uh, Svelte uh, animation, I think. There's also uh, Radio France, which is the, uh, well, the broadcaster of uh, many different radios. And they, they use Svelte in some part. And they have a very, uh, I just tweeted uh, recently uh, an article by their um, tech, uh, tech lead. And they have a very interesting uh, and modern stack including Svelte. Wow. I mean, Radio France has clearly sort of got their inspiration for, from Svelte Radio. I mean, the name's <laughs> almost the same, right? Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> it's cool. Speaking of Svelte, what's new with uh, Svelte lately? Anyone know? There's some versions. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> well, so so we've, we've definitely started publishing a newsletter. I don't know exactly who's involved in that, but somebody sort of started publishing announcements because I think we mentioned on here that um, we never announce any new features. We just kind of roll them out and it's good to sort of get a bit of notice and traction around, around the version. So there is now a newsletter. I'm terrible because I don't know where it lives or how to see it, but it's probably on the blog. It's on the blog. Right. It's on the, it's on the start blog, which was abandoned for a long time, but, but it's on there. It lives again. So I suspect this is like a terror. Yeah, so svelte.dev slash blog. The thing about this newsletter is that there's no place to sign up. Um, so I don't know what, what kind of newsletter has no sign up. It's like a, it's like a blog, a news blog. You can't, you can't um, syndicate it either, right? <laughs> there's, I don't see an RSS. Yeah, There's no RSS. Unsubscribable. Okay. <laughs> it's well, too if you want to contribute to the site. If you want to contribute to Svelte, <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> yeah, that would be a very good that'd be a very good first thing, actually, because this is stored as a bunch of markdowns, so there's no reason this can't be syndicated pretty easily. But yeah, so yeah. so new feature-wise, I mean, I mean everyone's everyone's sort of focused on Svelte Kit right now, but in the background there are some new features going into yeah. Svelte itself. I think we've had a number of like smaller point releases, right? 
Yeah. With some new features like props, REST props, and custom web components is one of them. And there's just, I think there's just some syntactic sugar around the promise, like the await uh, syntax, just to keep your code kind of a bit cleaner. I'm still not a fan putting await in your template. It doesn't feel, it doesn't sit well with me. But for those who use it, I guess it's really kind of a terse way of just making sure your data is ready and then uh, pumping it out to the page. So this is good. Yes, yeah, good that that's getting some, some love. Some, uh, some other stuff as well. I should mention, Kareen has in the chat, you can speak up, Kareen. Um, I think you found the, the sign-up link. Uh, yeah, ah. I think it's, it's svelte.substack.com. And there you have the uh, sign-up for the newsletter. And oh, that's a, a different very one. clever link. It's a different one. Okay. It's the, it, uh, no, it's it is the same, but like we, I guess you kind of want the like an official sign up thing because this is run by the guy that writes it. I think. Okay. Which is fine, I suppose. Uh, it's good enough. Better than oh, okay. us maintaining the separate mailing list. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's 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 nice. <laughs> this is more than I knew about it, to be honest. So now, Anthony, you can subscribe. <laughs> no one yes. Can... <laughs> now, know what's going on. Which should be really useful. <laughs> I'm just very keen on email capture. I'm like, the next conference that we do, we need to have emails. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Activate people. All right. So I guess maybe the the, the one surprise, because I, I haven't seen this before, the one surprise I had was Rollup plugin Svelte removed the CSS option. Usually, it did. You. This is surprising. Why? Why? It's not a question I can answer. Again, I didn't work on that plugin. Um, I think, no, I don't, I don't know. But yes, I know that you have to specify a specific CSS plugin for it now. It's caught a couple of people out because they're just sort of upgrading major versions without realizing that it caught me out <laughs> um, when I was trying to diagnose another bug. But yes, that's the case. There'll be, there'll be a bug somewhere that tells you exactly why it's been done. Yeah, it's, There's been uh, quite a few changes on that. Apparently it was, it was discussed in Discord. And so it's, PR number 147 on Rollup plugins felt, and they just want to handle CSS within Rollup. So cool. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Some cosmetic changes. I mean, I've often been thinking about how, you know, how Svelte and Tailwind is a little bit hard to set up. Mm. I've often been thinking about adapting or forking the, the Rollup or Webpack loader and just in- incorporating it by default so that it would be zero, zero setup. I don't know if I haven't needed it. I mean, when, when I start my next Svelte project, I'll probably do that. But if anyone else wants to steal the idea, please be my guest. <laughs> Isn't that kind of what Svelte's kit is sort I mean, of doing? We're not, we're not baking in post-CSS and stuff like that. Oh, so. no, no. But like the no build or sorry, no, no setup stuff. I mean, speaking of Svelte kit. Speaking of Svelte kit. So what's new? I can tell you kind of what's going on literally right now as we speak. So... In terms of what I've been doing, I've been working on the Vercel and the the Begin plugins, the adapters. So those are now, like Vercel works really well. The Begin one doesn't quite serve static assets yet, but it will do very soon when, because uh, they're being very helpful. Both these, both these people, both these providers have their, have their people on our Discord and we're on their Slacks and stuff. And they're collaborating with us because they really want, they're really eager to make everything a first class citizen. So I think both Begin and Vercel will have baked in support for SvelteKit. And it'll be a matter of just pushing it and it works rather than the kind of custom community-driven adapters and things like that. So that's pretty exciting. They're both big fans of it. The Netlify adapter has been rewritten as well. So what happened with adapters as a whole was they went from a kind of a more manual process of taking the snowpack output and compiling bits of it, building a manifest, wiring that up into a format that each type of 
provider could use, such as like a Lambda. One day, Rich came along and simplified the whole thing. And now there's like a builder, which just has a bunch of methods you can call like four methods, one for static files, one for client files, one for SSR content. And they will just basically provide you all of this stuff as a file system you can then drop in the right place. And then you have a Lambda to serve it. So adapters got radically simpler, which should mean that people building their own can do it in, I know you probably do it in less than an hour, maybe, depending on how well you know the, the, the host you're going for. So that's pretty exciting. Um, you won't need any specific knowledge. It's pretty, the API is pretty uh, verbose and, and um, straightforward language-wise. In terms of the application, like Felkit itself, it's just getting more and more polished. So obviously it started out as a bit of a prototype. It's now becoming very much a like, like for like for Sapper. We're having some discussions around testing strategies and perhaps making testing a first-class citizen. So we've in the past kind of shied away from it a bit because we don't want to enforce a specific testing methodology or, or bless something like Cypress or QA Wolf or any of these other providers or libraries because it kind of puts us in a position where we're advertising something without really having any say over it. But what we're going to do is provide a way to make it a one-step journey. When you want to write tests, it's not like, well, you can test it, that's that. It's more, go and look at these. Here's some suggestions. Here's some options. One interesting thing that happened was from the actual code base itself, Svelte.Kit, TypeScript was removed entirely, not for the supporting on the outside, but removed from the code itself. And the reason that happened was because when we're prototyping, mostly when Rich is prototyping, actually, the types kind of become more of a hindrance than a help. Um, it's like, you know, you, you wouldn't write a prototype and then cover it in unit tests because it can get in the way. So the plan is now, if, you know, if we release this into the public domain at some point soon, people might be shocked, where's all the TypeScript gone kind of thing. But what's actually going to happen is we're going to add it in afterwards when the API is more stable. And then we're going to have, you know, all the types available to make developing on it really, you know, simple and exciting. So, so yeah, there's a few things that have gone on, a few things more controversial than others. What else has happened? You know, it's one of those things that sort of every day I wake up and everything's changed. So it's still a bit like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing else that I can sort of say that I've been absolutely all over. Yeah. And we're having discussions about CSS. So that's good. And there's also discussion about image processing, whether we provide a plugin or not, not sure. But Snowpack can do this sort of stuff, so it's possible that maybe there's a chance that there'll be a, a sort of guide to say, install the Snowpack plugin, and there you go, you can process images. Cool. So that's SvelteKit. What's happening in the community? Like, uh, did you guys see the the website by uh, the Hyperlab guys? It's like they made an e-commerce site with uh, some oh, crown yeah, framework. The, the, the Swedish historic brand of clothing. Yeah, exactly. I actually go onto the website sometimes to just experience the speediness and snappiness of it. <laughs> it is really nice. It is a really nice site. Actually, on that on that subject, I used their um, they've written a an error boundary component. It's something actually I think personally I'd like to see and added into Svelte, but essentially a way of demarcating an area of the of your page or component where any errors thrown are caught and you can handle them independently of everything else. They won't bubble up and break the whole site. It's a bit of a, a monkey patch at the moment. It sort of goes in and changes internals, and it you know it might not might not work the same way forever and ever and ever. But it's definitely a good indicator of how it can be done, and it does work. About to start using it in production, so fingers crossed. Wish me luck. Cool. But that's nice. yeah, that's come out of Crown Framework, so that's pretty cool. Well, I, I was wondering. Uh, we, we are several people wondering how 
how people can contribute to Svelkit, the core Svelkit, and how do you maybe screen people? Is there a process or how does that happen? Who's so, contributing? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the main contributor right now is, is Rich. It turns out that the way that works best for Svelte and has historically is that Rich goes away, squirrels away and does something and then comes out with a, with a product. Um, and then people jump on afterwards. That's kind of happened. It's, it's difficult to get a lot of people around something when it's in such an early stage with a lot of movement. I'm doing adapters because they're quite isolated and, and separate from the rest of the code base. And people are contributing various things. So Ben was looking at the TypeScript stuff. Um, he's doing all the build tooling, things like that. There's lots of other contributors, but the the core is mostly Svelte maintainers. The reason being that with probably like 16 of us, 20 of us right now, with just those opinions, it's very hard to come to consensus on stuff. If we then throw in the whole community, it gets really hard to come to consensus and the whole thing could grind to a halt. So I think until something foundational is there, it will be kind of private, hopefully not for too much longer. The other thing we've done is we have added some contributors from other projects. So you asked how outsiders can get in and contribute. We've added contributors from projects like, oh, you know, all, all the kind of projects doing similar things. So Spiked, for example, Elder.js, for example, anyone with ideas about how something fundamental would work and who already has an implementation of it was invited to come and get on board and join in because they can provide that sort of the insights they've already gained. Outside of that, we've got people from Vercel, Begin. They're also, they have access to the code and they're able to review it. That's mostly to make sure that we're doing things that are sane when trying to integrate with their platforms. Apart from that, there's pretty much no, well, there's no one else. Uh, there's no one else uh, from outside who's contributing just yet. There's a bunch of people trying it out eagerly and, and being very confused at why it changes day to day. <laughs> but yeah, so the idea is to go into a sort of an alpha stage soon uh, where we'll open up the repository, the source code, I guess, and then have some maybe installation instructions. And then on top of that, we'll have a repository that just handles issues that isn't the main repository. So that people can log and triage things that are affecting them. These will then be filtered and raised in the main repository where we can handle them. Uh, hopefully that period won't last for too long. It'll just be some ironing out some basic issues and then we'll have the the kind of proper open public beta where everyone can jump in and get involved and contribute. And I'm sure we'll have a million adapters for everything under the sun very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And are you planning on uh, maybe having some kind of guidelines or um, I remember back then when I, when I was working on Rails, Ruby on Rails, uh, they, they had that, doctrine that was like the, the, the Ten Commandments of Rails uh, that guides you from what you will do and what you won't do, what, what, what you're willing to compromise on? And That's a good idea. Uh, we, we don't have anything like that. Traditionally, we're very, very bad at providing contributing guidelines. If somebody wants to provide these, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely would like to have that. I think we need it even internally in the maintainers because Svelte is in that position where it is actually quite a complex concept. It's doing something that not a lot of other frameworks are doing and it makes things a lot harder. And even within the maintainers, there's, there's not a huge spread of knowledge. There's a bunch of people who know certain areas. So it's definitely something we'd want to have. We just don't have it as yet. So yeah. That's a good way to contribute there, hey. <laughs> I suppose that it's usually goes with, with, I have the impression that this is a very opinionated language or framework. I don't know which term defines it best, but 
Uh, it's yeah. it's uh, really at the image of Rich, actually, which you, who is uh, someone very opinionated. <laughs> and so, so usually, yeah, there are probably some boundaries that you don't want to be crossed sometimes. There, there probably are, but I think the word boundaries is in itself maybe a bit, a bit anti-Rich, because if you talk to Rich, what he'll say is, don't try and confine yourself to boundaries. Think outside the box, and that's how you come with, up with great ideas. Everything that he does that's kind of against conventions, sticking things in node modules that aren't from NPM, for example, that, that sort of thing, they, those are not within any boundaries. So I think it actually invite people to come and give their own opinions and views on things. Obviously, people open PRs and things get merged and things don't make sense or wouldn't be good are just not going to get merged and they'll get a lot of feedback saying this probably won't work because of X and Y. But I think I think any contributing guidelines given would be more along the lines of where to find things, what to get going with, what's easy, what's hard, why things are done in a certain way. And I think you could reverse that maybe by saying, as somebody who wants to contribute, what would you be concerned about? What would you want to know? And from that, maybe we can build contributing guidelines based upon what we know of, you know, how it is. I should probably also mention that you don't have to contribute to Svelte Core. You can also contribute in other ways, like organizing meetups. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah, to yeah. the Svelte Society website. We got some some PRs, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a PR from MacFJA on GitHub. Uh, I don't know their real name. But yeah, they we now have a working components filter search thing on the sveltsociety.dev. Nice. And uh, we need more recipes. We just, I'm, you know, all of us are just volunteering time, but it's one way to demonstrate that you collaborate and are interested in Svelte. And I think that's one way to give back to the community. You can answer questions on, on Discord. There's endless questions, Stack Overflow as well. I'm not sure if people are actually searching on Stack Overflow, but definitely people <laughs> are asking, asking questions for sure. And they need yeah. to be answered. All right. So this is going to be a pretty short episode this time. I have a couple more announcements. Uh, we, I don't Ooh. know if we're, we're wrapping up. So this felt jobs account came back alive. I think Noah Glazer from San Francisco is running it. So he's doing a meetup on December 9th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And you can sign up on the Svelte Jobs account, I guess. Just look for a Svelte Society Bay Area by Noah Glazer. And then the other announcement that we should probably mention is that the state of JavaScript survey is going, is going on. So obviously, we're not telling you what to vote for. Uh, <laughs> but if you're listening to this, we would like your, uh, your opinion to be heard. So you can head, head to stateofjs.com. Particularly, this kind of survey has historically been overrepresented by people who are extremely online. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're on Twitter a lot, or if you're on Discord, you're probably extremely online. There are a lot of developers who are not represented because they are they just do their jobs and they, they don't really engage that much on online communities. So it'd be, it'd be great to reach them. And uh, yeah, stateofjs.com is the link there. Cool. I've done it already. Yay. You, you have a pick? What? <laughs> oh, we're doing picks. Hey, we, let's do picks. We're doing picks. Let's I, do I'll picks. start. Okay. I got this new tablet today. Mm. It's called a remarkable tablet. Oh, that's like $200, right? Oh, no, more, more like Something. 400, I think. Wow. Okay. It's like an e-reader, but instead of reading, you do or writing on it and it like converts text and you can annotate on top of PDFs and stuff. It's pretty neat. Do you, do you draw or do you do diagrams? What, what do you actually use it for? So I, I just got it today, so I, I haven't really been using it much, but from the little I've done, I, I've done some annotations on PDFs, pretty much highlighting stuff or arrows. You can draw on it as well. 
It's very cool. I'm thinking of asking one for Christmas, but uh, not sure Santa can afford it. Yeah, the, the wait list is huge. So I, I ordered it back in like three months ago. Wow. And I just got it. Yeah. Hmm. It is. Uh... <laughs> I can go while the rest of you think about your picks. I'm going to pick The Mandalorian. It's so good. And it's, yeah, for, for those who don't know, it's, it's kind of, it takes place. It's, it's a Star Wars TV show run by me by Disney Plus. And they're releasing it weekly. So it's not like the, the Netflix style dump the whole season on you at once. And it's just so great to, to watch something together with other people and just like speculate about what's going on. I can't I'll try not to spoil anything, but it's taking place after the, the main original trilogy movies. And it's just very well executed, really good action. I run when I watch it. I don't even feel like I'm running. I just, <laughs> I just uh, get a good 30 to 45 minutes of exercise just watching it. And it's uh, one of the best TV shows I've seen. I'm going to have to watch that. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it, it is good. It is good. And the, the soundtrack. Oh my God. So yeah. good. <laughs> and the technical side as well. Have you seen the documentary? Yeah. 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 I'm going to go, because I've got to pick, again, in tradition, I'm going to pick something weird. So it's something I don't actually own. It's something I want to own. And I spent a lot of time studying it and I hopefully will own soon. And it's the Asus PN50 bare bones computer. It's like a tiny little desktop computer that runs a Ryzen, AMD Ryzen processor. So I'm a massive fan of ARM processors. I really, really want an M1, but I really, really don't want to run OS X. I'm a staunch Linux user and I will not be changed. So uh, I'm going to be sort of stuck for ARM, apart from my Chromebooks and stuff, for quite a while yet. So I'm going to buy this bare bones PC with a, with a really fast processor in it. And hopefully it will alleviate my problems where I can either podcast code or use discord at one time. Cause my machine has got eight gigs of Ram and it's, uh, it runs out of power pretty quickly. So yeah, my pick is going to be that machine and hopefully in a future podcast, I'll be able to tell you how great it is. Yeah. It's surprisingly cheap. It's probably comes in at about 300 quid. Uh, so, what's oh, that, that, so that that's cheaper than my tablet. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that cheap and uh, you know, you don't get memory with it or, or an SSD, but I mean, those things are cheap and probably people already have an SSD anyway, you know, and, and memories, memories another hundred quid or something. So again, you're spending probably half what you might spend on a laptop and it seems to be very, very, very fast. So looking forward to that as a new dev machine. Yeah. I'll uh, check it out. Corinne, do you have, do you have a pick? Uh, well, yes, I, I, uh, it's been a long time since I, I've watched a, a TV show on Netflix, and the, the last one I saw, I, I liked it a lot. It's The Queen's Gambit. You probably yes. came across that one because it's really uh, very popular. Well, I could watch it because it's quite short. It's only seven episodes, and um, it's that's the story of that badass uh, chess player, and the woman, uh, a woman that uh, plays chess at a very high level, and it takes place in the, in the 60s and the 70s. And uh, well, the story is nice. Uh, you can really get you can really get into it without knowing anything about chess. And I think there was a, a publication stating the influence in that series on the, the record sales of chess boards uh, right after <laughs> it was released. Uh, and the last point I, I really loved about the series is the yeah the, the soundtrack and the takes place in the 60s and the 70s and the, the, the colors and the, the graphic treatment of that series, the vintage settings and the vintage uh, looks. It's really great and refreshing. It was nice. I really liked it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, an interesting note on, on that I saw on Twitter last night, actually. They cast a transgender actress as the teacher in the school 
just as a playing a woman. Just just that's it. No problem at all. There was just no fraud about it. There was no you know special treatment like that. And and people thought that was fantastic. Just so so natural and great. So that's that's pretty exciting yeah. as well. Kudos to cool. them. All right. So that's it for for this episode of uh, Svelte Radio. Thanks for joining us, Karine. Thank you very much for having me. We hope you can join us again for a longer episode, maybe in the future. <laughs> but yeah, goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.